Wake up, wake up, rethink the status quo When you get your money right, then you're the one who runs your life Come build a wealthy spirit with Sammy and Michelle I'm turning 30, I'm single, I'm unemployed, and I'm moving in with my parents. You sound like a real winner. Sammy! (laughs) That is an entry from my journal three years ago. Thank you. And that's exactly the type of attitude that made me scared when I was losing my job. It's crazy, Sammy. December 11th is the three-year anniversary of when I was let go from my job that I moved to Austin for. I was there for a year. And to lose that job, to make the decision to end my lease, move into a two-bedroom apartment with you, my mom, and my dad, two people who love us very much and believe that we should be eating every second of every (laughs) single day. (laughs) It's so funny because even the way I wrote that sentence, it does sound kind of sad. You're like, wow, I'm a person who is lacking in life, but I actually wrote right after that, like I'm feeling very optimistic. I had a sense that I was making a change in my life, that even though I was giving stuff up, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. This three-year anniversary of not having a W-2 job may seem like a negative, but it's actually a huge positive in your life and now in my life. It's crazy, Sammy, because... Looking back, it's so easy to connect the dots and say, oh, wow, I made all of these decisions that now my life is wonderful and nothing terrible happened and I made no sacrifices. At the same time, I do think it'll be great to go back and review what that journey looks like because everybody finds themselves in this position. Something happens to you, whether you lose your job like me, you go through a major transition, you move. And maybe things don't turn out the way you think they're going to turn out. But if you have the right framework in mind, if you have the right knowledge in mind, you can still use those opportunities to point your plane in the direction of a life that is in alignment with your values. Sammy and I wanted to, on this fire anniversary, lose your job anniversary, holy crap, what's going on in my life anniversary <laughs> for me. Thought it would be a great time to share a little bit of our journey about how we got here today, where we really feel very fulfilled in our life. We live in this beautiful city by the ocean. We have this amazing community of people who recommend books to us and come to our parties and wear ugly sweaters with Elvis on it. (laughs) Like, what a wonderful life. And it's the unconventional choices that we have made that have led to this. The thing is, we all have those options available to us. There are unique levers that we can each pull, maybe different ones for each of us. But being intentional about our end goal is what's going to allow us to recognize those opportunities when they come around. Let's get into it, Sammy. But first, I want to talk about our partnership with Riverside. Riverside is a platform that creates studio-quality recordings with both audio and video. Michelle and I record all of our episodes on Riverside. Literally everything. Literally everything. And the awesome thing about Riverside is they record locally. When I say they record locally, I mean they do a recording that takes place over your computer instead of over the internet. This means that the recordings are higher quality And you won't hear any disruptions caused by bad internet connections. You get that for you and for your guests. 
Because of that, Michelle and I love using Riverside to record our podcasts. And now there's so many options to edit video, edit audio, and make video clips, which is huge in this age of Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, and TikTok videos. If you guys are interested in using Riverside to create your podcast or to create your videos, check out our show notes for a link to get started. Back to our topic. One quote that has stood out to me that I found through Tim Ferriss's Tools of Titan. Classic Timmy Fairfair. Classic Tim. We actually had this heavy book with us for a long time Mm -hmm. before our move to South Carolina. And we found it in one of those tiny libraries, like those little free libraries that look like a little birdhouse for books. Tim starts the book with a quote from Herman Hesse's Siddhartha. I can think. I can wait. I can fast. And reading that on my journey from burnt out software sales in tech, living large, but not necessarily living happily, made me realize that, hey, I can think, I can wait, I can fast, and I can use that to build a life that I want. So I love this quote. I love this idea that Tim has where he expands on each of these three things. We're going to weave it into this episode because... I think it's so core to this idea that you can live a life that you want to, but the power comes from within and from discipline. You might be thinking, Sammy and Michelle, I love them. They're cute. They're funny. They love the Kardashians. Their hobbies include dancing. But we can think, we can wait, and we can fast. It's not just good looks and great personality that has gotten us to this place. We are tiny Siddharthas. Siddhartha is actually one of my favorite books. I've read it twice, and I love that Tim Ferriss incorporates this quote. When it comes to I can think, Business Insider had actually talked to Tim about this, and he describes how this means having good rules for decision-making and having good questions you can ask yourself and others. I think about when I started my financial independence journey. The first thing that I started doing was tracking my spending. We were living in San Francisco at that time in the Castro in an expensive apartment, and I knew I needed to start saving money. The first thing I could think of doing was just writing down a list of every single thing I was spending on and seeing what do I actually need. Quickly, I saw Uber Eats and DoorDash and all these restaurants, and I am not a foodie. I thought to myself, do I need this? Absolutely not. It's not good for my health and it is costing a lot of money. This led to changes like cooking from home, but also bigger changes happened too. Tracking my spending made me realize that I was spending a lot of money going out, going to dinners with my friends, visiting people, and truthfully, I was getting so burned out. I had a lot of work to do. I had a lot of work outside of work to do. And I knew that I just needed more time so I could sleep and do the things that I needed to do. It made me appreciate that I actually needed to cut out some of my social life so that I could have the energy that I needed, but also have the money that I needed and that I would need in the future. Sammy, what's so important about what you're saying here is the I can think, especially for me when I think about personal finance, a lot of times it's just about having some of the right tools so that you can make the right decisions in the moment. You are tracking your spending. You're starting to pay attention to where your money is going. You have this framework now. You have this mental model and you can start to apply that. Okay, 
We had a friend visit us. We spent $400 over a weekend with this person. Is that an ideal life for us? Eh, no. But we weren't paying attention to that when we weren't thinking about it. We were doing a lot of things, spending our money thoughtlessly, because we, which I think a lot of people can relate to this, didn't really know what to do with our money. We didn't have a great personal finance background, even when we were searching for the answers. And so what I think is so important and Honestly, what drives me, especially when we talk about these rules with personal finance, is that a couple things that just pause and let you think can make a huge impact. All you were doing was tracking your spending. And what did that do? That illuminated that you were spending money on things that you didn't value, like Uber eating sushi to your home. The I can think is what makes me know that even if I, for some reason, lost everything today, I would be able to come back to the same point. Because now I know I can think and I know I can make these decisions. Plus, I'm not going to lose these skills that I had that got me here. So even if I lost everything, I could do it again because I know the tools this time. You have the tools. We talk about the things that are important, like tracking your spending, investing your money, being cognizant of your values and aligning your life with your values. Those are the simple things that even if something happened to you tomorrow, you can still have the right frameworks to build a life you want. And I think that's important because Sammy was talking about how she had to spend money at the eye doctor. She's freaking out a little bit. She was spiraling and thinking, holy crap, I'm going to be this person who spends a ton of money again. And I think the important thing to remember is like, no, you're not that person anymore. Mm -hmm. You have the right models where if something is happening like that, you actually can pump the brakes and make changes. Exactly. A small thing like tracking your spending regularly can lead to such big changes. It's so true, Sammy. You know, it's funny, during this time, this is when you're reading Ramit's I Can Teach You To Be Rich. Offhand, you just told me you should max out your 401k. I was contributing to my 401k. I think maybe I was hitting my match rate, like a 6%, or maybe I was doing the 12% that for some reason, they arbitrarily tell you do 10%, 12%. I don't remember. But I remember you pointed out to me like, hey, you should max out your 401k. It wasn't going to make a major difference. All I had to do was spend 10 minutes, go on the website for my bank and make that change. Holy crap. Because I started maxing out my 401k when I was making good money in San Francisco, today, when I'm on my sabbatical, when I'm freelancing at a much lower income level, I have actually already set myself up for the future. Those little things make a huge impact. But I just needed somebody to tell me to do it. I needed somebody to point out to me like, hey, you can actually max out your 401k. You don't need to just throw a little bit of money. How about you put a little bit more effort into it? And without even really understanding what I was doing, I set myself up for success so that 60-year-old Michelle is taken care of. That brings us to the next thing. I can wait. Tim says that this means being able to plan long-term, play the long game, and not misallocate your resources. When we were living in that apartment in San Francisco, we realized we were not playing the long game. And let me tell you, I realized that and I let Michelle know that we had to move out. Sammy was very insistent about it. And yes, I was starting to realize the home that we were spending a lot of money <laughs> to live in was maybe not ideal. Maybe the rat musical that went out in our backyard every night wasn't great for the amount of money we were spending. Or the fact that sometimes somebody would kick in our back door, run an extension cord into our laundry room while we were sleeping would maybe make me feel unsafe and give me <laughs> night tears. 
But it took Sammy to say, we are paying way too much money to be living like this. And to be honest, we're really not setting ourselves up for success. And so Sammy cut our lease. It was about the long game. When I saw it, I'm like, there is only so much money we can save if we're spending this much money to pay rent in San Francisco. And I knew we had to make a change. Otherwise, it was going to be very hard for us to be free. And for me, that change was moving in with my parents. I always hear from people, oh, I could never live with my parents. Trust me, I did not think that I could live with my parents either. Keep in mind, I berated Sammy for this decision. I will say I was not supportive. She was not supportive, which luckily I had to ignore the haters. But (laughs) 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 But yes, I know people can genuinely not live with their parents. Maybe that's not a safe thing for them to do. Our parents are very loving. They're very loving, but... I'm an extremely minimalist, tidy, organized, boring person who loves things to be orderly. Moving in with my parents meant adding in chaos, or at least that's how I saw it. I remember those first few days moving in and trying to tidy up the room and make space for myself and just feeling so overwhelmed because I was like, man, I know this is going to set me up for my future, but... I don't know if I can tolerate this or do this for a long period of time because I, like most people, like to have my own space. God bless our parents, too, for welcoming in a tiny organizational dictator into their home. It is funny, Sammy, because you're a little bit ahead of your time because you moved in with our parents in 2019. I gave you a lot of crap about it. COVID hit. A lot of people moved back home with their parents, including me, Mm -hmm. which was a big decision. You know, our mom, ironically, raised us to be very independent. And even though she wanted us to move home, I was like, no, I'm independent. I cannot depend on my parents. It just was something that I felt so strongly about. But when I lost my job and my lease was ending, I knew I wanted to change my career, which actually for me, the I can wait really came when I started to evaluate, hey, I want to be a creative I want to do this podcast with my sister. I want to write. And what I realized and what I find to be true, no matter what type of pivot you want to make in your career, is that a lot of times you're starting over. You don't have the clout that you had from going into the same office for year after year, chatting with your coworkers, making connections, building a network, learning skills. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, I want to write online, but I have no internet presence. My point is, is that I realized that this wasn't a one-year journey. It was going to be a 10-year journey. I knew it was important to me that I wanted to start doing work that was really valuable to me and that meant a lot to me. And that was something I had been working towards in my life, but hadn't actually put the time and effort into. And so I was like, you know what? I can wait. This is exactly what Tim means when he says, not misallocating your resources. If we were paying rent in San Francisco, if we were spending all our money, we wouldn't be able to explore these options. We knew that by moving home with our parents, we could save so much money that we would be able to pursue things that we wouldn't be able to pursue living in a high cost of living area. And by that same token, we knew that the money that we were saving was going to help us in the future. Even though maybe at the moment, it was difficult. We were sharing a room. I was sleeping on the floor. You were sleeping on the bed. We shared a bathroom. It's a small space for two young ladies to live in. And Sammy, at that point, we didn't even know that we would be soon entering (laughs) into the third stage. (laughs) I can fast. And boy, can we fast. 
boy, can we fast. You know, I thought we were fasting then. Mm, we did think we were fasting then. But nothing <laughs> makes you appreciate fasting like a desert. The literal fasting place. That's where Jesus went for 40 days, right? Into the desert. Jesus, Buddha, Sammy and Michelle. Martha, Sammy and Michelle. <laughs> Not that we're equal, but <laughs> Henry David Thoreau, you know, like we're, we're isolating ourselves. We Walden. We Walden. <laughs> I can pass. Tim is saying, being able to withstand difficulties and disaster, training yourself to be uncommonly resilient and have a high tolerance to pain. Uncommonly resilient is what I think of when I think of when we move to the desert. <laughs> the reason we moved to the desert is because I knew I could get significantly higher pay there and we would be living in a relatively low cost of living area compared to the Bay Area. Enter Dave Ramsey's live like no one else today so you can live like no one else tomorrow. For us, it was live like no one else can today in a remote desert town in the middle of nowhere so that one day you can be in a beautiful beach town city doing yoga and drinking smoothies with your sister. Amen. But let me tell you, when we were driving to that desert town for the first time, let's say my alarm bells were on. We were about five miles away and I literally could see nothing. Like flat and could not see nothing for miles. Sand, so much sand, so much dirt, so much nothingness, literal tumbleweeds. And we were looking at our GPS and we we're like, we are five minutes away. Where on earth is it? <laughs> we don't see it. We don't see anything. <laughs> but then we saw a sign, a sign that said, state prison, don't pick up hitchhikers. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about unsettling things? That's, that's what that is. <laughs> then we get to our desert town. It has one bar. One nice restaurant, and that's Sizzler's. No clothing stores. If you want to go shopping, you go to the dollar store. Certainly no exercise or yoga classes. There was one gym, and it was covered in so many different types of American flags. I did not know there were this many American flags. Floor-to-ceiling American flags. A choice that sort of makes you hesitate a little. A choice that makes you wonder where you're at. There was one smallest pine store and one small furniture store when we moved there, and that burned down within two months of being there. It was a place that was so remote that my health insurance came with a helicopter pass so that me and my loved ones could escape in case something critical happened to us. No, no, no. That sounds like we could escape if something critical happened to the town, which let me tell you, we could not. <laughs> because, for example, when a radio tower fell on our home, we didn't even know if we'd be able to leave town if we wanted to, because half the town had lost power during the same storm. And when it rains even a little in the desert, the streets flood. And you really can't be driving through little dips filled with water. And because we had a higher goal, a goal to save money, a goal to dive deep into the things that we really wanted to work on, our podcast, things that didn't involve being around other people. Because we had these higher goals, we were willing to fast and to learn how to live in the desert. It's true. And you know what, Sammy, is so awesome too. I feel like we ended up picking up a bunch of skills being in such a remote place. You know, we learned to get a five-gallon water thingy and take it to the grocery store so we could get water, at least before it stopped working. Mm -hmm. I, learned, I learned how to make mac and cheese with using the perfect amount of water so that we would not waste our one precious resource. We learned how to pack a cooler anytime we left town with water 
if we wanted to buy fruits or something, we could take that back with us as well. I, moving into the desert, could barely kill a spider. By the time we left, Sammy and I had perfected the art of getting geckos out of our house (laughs) or those bugs that were half scorpion, half spider. Camel spiders. They are freaky deaky. We would throw a little container over them and then play curling with our broom until that thing was swiped out of our home. And we learned how to lean on our neighbors and our community. When you live in the middle of nowhere, it's actually important to be close with your neighbors. When a radio tower fell on our home, it was our neighbor who noticed that we were almost smashed to death and asked us to come to her house while we waited for the police to come. Yeah, it was raining outside. It was a thunderstorm. Her husband started flashing his flashlight at us because he had seen us run outside panicked. And to be honest, I think living in a big city had made me sort of cold to getting to know my neighbors. And moving to a small town really made me appreciate how helpful we can be to one another with our neighbors. And I'm always going to treasure that. One thing being in the desert makes me appreciate is, yes, we can live without a lot of stuff, but we cannot just live. We are pretty happy. You know, the truth is you do return to your baseline happiness. So yes, as much as we love having an automatic water dispenser from our fridge that makes it so easy to get clean drinking water. Luxury item. The truth is we are happy now and we were happy then. You are going to be happy. It takes adjusting sometimes to accommodate to different circumstances, but you can fast, especially when you know that that fasting is going to lead to something better in the future. I really love that, Tammy. I think sometimes people, especially if they Google the town, are like, holy crap, how did you live there? Why did you live there? What was going on? But we had fun. Mm -hmm. We enjoyed our little day trips to the cities, driving through the desert. The weather was always beautiful. We loved that we could see literally every star in the sky. Because when you're that remote and away from light pollution, y'all, there are a ton of stars in the sky. There's Mm -hmm. a whole galaxy up there. Shooting stars be falling all the time. Shooting stars be falling all the time. Blessings on blessings. Blessings on blessings. And here's the thing. You don't have to move to the middle of nowhere in a desert where it gets up to 120 degrees to fast. But there may be things in your life that aren't aligned with what you're doing that you can cut out so that you can either save money, generate more income, do something to start building to your dream that is aligned with your values. And I think that's the biggest thing here, Sammy. Yes, you can fast. But the point is also to do it in service of your higher vision. Takeaways. Takeaways for this episode. Don't forget that you can think, you can wait, and you can fast. Being able to think and wait and fast, these are all great skills. But these are skills that are especially well utilized when you have a higher vision when you have a higher plan for yourself. Know where you want your life to be going. It doesn't mean that things won't change when you get there or that you'll have new insights or new ideas that might change your trajectory. You might, but have that arrow pointed somewhere so that you know why you're fasting and thinking and waiting because that's what inspires us to be able to think and wait and fast when we need to. Sammy and I really wanted to reflect on this journey and highlight those places because we're so happy in our current life. We're meeting people. We're talking about being on a sabbatical. We're talking about doing work that really excites us and building community in a place that we're really excited to be. 
And I think that energy really attracts people. And people ask, like, how do I do it? How do I do this? And we don't think it's impossible. We, we don't think you have to do like crazy, crazy things. But everybody has a version of this within themselves. And what it does is it sets you up to live a life of richness, of wealth, to build wealth without getting lucky. The thing is, getting lucky, it actually doesn't matter because if you don't have the right tools, you wouldn't even know what to do if luck showed up on your door. It's like the people who win the lottery and quickly that money is gone or they are bankrupt before they know it. Because the truth is, if you don't have the right tools, if you don't know how to save, how to fast, how to wait, how to invest, then opportunities could appear in so many different places. You might not even recognize them as opportunities because you don't have the higher vision and you don't see what they could bring. And if it's income coming in, you might not know how to grow that income because you're not familiar with those tools. But we all have the ability to learn those things. And we all have different types of opportunities, different special levers to each of us that we can pull. For me, I'm never going to be Mr. Money Mustache bicycling to work in the winter time. That seems crazy. But somebody might think that moving to the middle of the nowhere desert is crazy. We all have different things that we can do to help prepare our future self. Community time! Before we say goodbye, it's our community time. And Sammy, what a community we have. We have a huge community. And by that, I mean we just had our first Build a Wealthy Spirit event here in Charleston. And it was honestly amazing. It was amazing. Ugly sweater party. Great outfit. Oh my gosh. Yes. Check out our Instagram. Me and Sammy, we are matching twins. We are matching elf twins. We had someone show up with an Elvis ugly sweater costume with lights all over it. That was the winner of the competition. It was just also amazing to see all these people come together. People who are thinking outside the box. People who are thinking differently. People who are intentional about their lives. And be able to talk to all of them and share ideas. Having community is one of the reasons I went on the sabbatical in the first place. And it's amazing that you can literally come up with a plan, save money, create an exit plan to leave work so that you can form a community, and then do it and then have it all happen. It can be so simple. Shout out to anybody from our party who's listening to the podcast now. We love you guys. And other shout outs. Megan, who was at our five friends meetup, heard the episode about me talking about my donations to the Domestic Violence Center in San Jose, and she recommended my sister's house, which is a domestic violence shelter here in Charleston. Thank you. I will definitely be contributing to their cause. Also, shout out to our mom. She commented on the last episode, Level Up Your Gift Game with Love Languages, about how much she loves the gift wrapper more than the gift. No comments about her hoarding habits, but she is somebody who loves a great presentation. She does. And you know, our mom gets a lot of gifts. Oh my gosh. When I was living at home, I created an entire box for re-gifts because she would get all these gifts and I would unwrap them, keep them brand new, put them into a re-gift pile and use those as future gifts for other people. She literally is showered with gifts. Like if you measure... How much people love you by how many gifts you receive. Our mother is loved. Yeah. The woman is loved. Let us know how you are feeling about your own journey. How are you thinking and 
waiting, and fasting. Any unique levers that you're pulling to get to where you want to go? Share it with us. Leave a comment, buildawealthyspirit.com. One, because we love to hear it. We love to know what other people are doing. And two, you know what? Sometimes it can be lonely. Mm -hmm. And we want to encourage you and support you because we do think you're on the right path. And we will definitely shout it out on the podcast so that that way other people can maybe use your advice. And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and we rethink the status quo. Thank you.